Hello, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Michael Gormley, and we got another Relic Reveal video on the pathway to Our Lady of the Angels Chapel. I am excited about this one. This one's actually, this one's a classic. Jay, this was a classic, right? All time. All time. Classic all time. Why? Because she's been here in the youth room the whole time. This is the relic of St. Maria Goretti, the youngest canonized saint in the Catholic Church. Now, as you know, we are recording this in a youth room of a building that's completely empty because we're in the middle of a winter apocalypse. Hey, Jay, how's the weather out there? Man, it is cold out here. I tell you what. Thanks for that report, Jay, and it is nuts. But we have huddled in this youth room with a little bit of heat and a lot of moxie to bring you the story of a girl who has a lot of moxie. This young saint, I mean, her life gets 10 times more interesting after she dies, and it is incredible. Everything about this woman is heroic, but let me give you a little trigger warning here because her story is brutal and intense at the end of her life. So let's walk through the story together and then we'll learn a lesson from her life and i'll tell you why father carlos martins the generous priest hooking us up with all of these relics in the first place says that of all the hundred plus relics he has saint maria goretti has attributed more miraculous events than any other saint so we've had this here in our youth room probably uh canonizing people left and right here uh for years we've had this so Let's unpack her life together. St. Maria Goretti was born at the end of the 1800s, in 1890. She would die in 1901-ish, 1902, and her story is incredible because it just keeps ramping up right after that. But let's get to the beginning. Unfortunately for the Goretti family, her father, Luigi, would die while Maria was just nine years old. Their family had done a big move from one side of Italy to the other in order to escape poverty, but lo and behold, they couldn't necessarily escape it. Her mother immediately began working in the fields, taking over her father's role, while they lived in essentially the same building as another family. Now, while Maria's older brothers and sisters would work the fields alongside their mother, Maria's job was to tend to the younger children. She was essentially their second mother, and she spent all of her time taking care of them. But she also had a job, and that job was to cook and clean for the family that she shared a building with, that their families lived together. And that was the family with a young 19-year-old boy named Alessandro. For those of you who know that story, you can hear the ominous music in the background when I say his name. Alessandro took an impure liking to 11-year-old Maria Goretti. When she would come over to the house for the cooking and cleaning chores, he would begin making lewd comments towards her. He began to become very abusive towards her and would often give her cruel tasks to uh, basically watch her squirm and suffer, all the while making sexual advances. Now, this whole story is filled with the worst side, the darkest side of humanity. And it starts and ends right around here. Maria repeatedly refused to engage with Alessandro. She would suffer in silence. She didn't tell her parents. She was nervous that it would result in maybe her family's uh, discipline against her mother or expulsion of the family. So she kept quiet, kept to herself until one day, while the rest of the people were out in the fields, she was at home with her little baby sister, Teresa. He knew that she would be alone. So Alessandro circled back and while she was mending one of his shirts, he comes into the house and begins to drag her back into the bedroom. The whole time she was screaming for him, not just saying, get off me, I can't stand it, you know, don't do this, but yelling out, it is a sin. It is a sin to Alessandro. 
She wasn't just trying to speak to the moment and him yielding to his passions. She was actually speaking out of concern for his soul, which this is kind of what separates the saints from us, the ordinary folks sometimes. Alessandro was so enraged by her obstinate refusal to give in that he had an owl and he stabbed her numerous times, about 14 times in her 11-year-old body and quickly ran into the other room and pretended to be asleep as if he had no idea what was going on. Terrible defense and immediately he is arrested. Her body is taken, uh, turns out she's still alive, taken to a hospital where she endured hours of surgery uh, trying to help her lacerations without anesthesia. Eventually, she would drift in and out of consciousness, but in one conscious state, right before her death, the doctor said, please remember me when you're in heaven. And she said, well, it depends on who's going to get there first. And he looked at her with sorrow in his eyes and basically told her the truth, that it would be her beating him into the gates of heaven, to which she replied, then I will gladly think of you. Eventually, on her deathbed, not only would she give a deposition to the police, but at the very end of her life, she would pronounce her forgiveness, saying... I forgive Alessandro and I want him in heaven with me. This little saint of great mercy gave up her last breath while forgiving her murderer. This is crazy. Story only gets more intense. Alessandro is sentenced to 30 years in Italian prison. And so what ends up happening for Alessandro is he is incredibly angry and unrepentant for years until one night he has a dream that Maria Goretti comes to his home and hands him a bouquet of white lilies. And he takes them one by one. And as he takes them, the lily flowers turn into white flames. Eventually, he would awaken from this dream completely changed. The man repented, publicly recounted the series of events that happened, and would eventually apologize to everyone he could. In fact, in 28 years, he was released. The very first act he did as a free man was to go directly to her mother and to apologize and beg for forgiveness. She said to him, if my daughter has forgiven you, how could I withhold my forgiveness? Now, the story gets even crazier as numerous Italians begin to attribute miracles to this young little girl's intercession who's been dead, right? Like this is the start of the miraculous cases. But not only that, because she's a young person, right after uh, or right around the world wars that are all taking place, she becomes this great patron of the youth. And in 1935, she is beatified. Now this gets even crazier because not only does Alessandro repent, he becomes a Franciscan lay brother. His whole life was transformed by this. Not only does he repent and become a Franciscan lay brother, but for the first time in history, so many people in 1950 came for her canonization that they couldn't even hold the mass inside the church of St. Peter's Basilica, but they had to do it in that great square outside, right? Not only that, but it's the first mass where the mother of a canonized saint was present as well as her murderer. Alessandro was there weeping the entire time. Brothers and sisters, so many lessons can be drawn from a life that is so short and so simple. One of the most beautiful things that we can pull out of the life of St. Maria Goretti is not just chastity and purity, but what does it mean when all of that is transformed within you in a single brazen act of courage? She pursued Jesus Christ with reckless abandon. She loved him all the way to the end, 
And he enabled her because she's perfectly joined to Christ to keep on working. This is the beautiful thing about our God. This is why we reverence relics. This is why we adorn our churches with the names of saints because they are still working in the body of Christ. Maria Goretti is not just the patron saint of youth and that holy boldness that she possessed, but also of purity, purity of heart. What does it mean to be pure of heart? Well, in the Beatitudes, when Jesus Christ says, blessed are the pure of heart, that word pure is actually a metallurgic term term, right? It means unalloyed, a heart that has no admixture of impurities in it. So it's perfectly pure, right? It's perfectly tin or copper or gold or silver. And oftentimes when you have someone that digs up metal from the ground, they melt it down. They apply intense refiner's fire in order to purify that metal. They burn away the impurities. Now, this is used in both Isaiah and in the book of Revelation to talk about the refining fire of purification is what refines our love. And often that refining fire, unfortunately in this messed up world, is suffering, is persecution, is even a violent death. The violent death of an 11-year-old became that refiner's fire through which her purity of heart was demonstrated, right? And this is the beautiful thing in our own lives. The pursuit of an ideal, which so often captivates the hearts of young people, needs to be backed up with a firm commitment to that ideal. Ideals are very powerful. They're very emotional. They're very persuasive. But to bring that ideal into our everyday life, especially in the midst of suffering, is one of the most difficult things you and I can do. What does it mean to follow Christ when we have to pick up the cross? Maria Goretti knows what it means to follow the crucified Lord. Brothers and sisters, I want to let you know that she is one of the most popular saints. We're having her in our chapel, but she didn't accomplish great things in the eyes of the world. This is another wonderful saint, a little saint whose littleness does not apply to her life of charity, just to the littleness of the way she's viewed by the world, that her charity was huge. And that's how we can live. It doesn't matter if the whole world knows of our good deeds, because the father who sees in secret will reward you. And think of that, through her intercession, not only is her mother's heart prevented from being just washed away in bitter resentment, but she can forgive Alessandro, Alessandro can beg for forgiveness, and the whole world can have an example of what happens when courage and purity combine into the life of a, an 11-year-old girl, a revolutionary of Christian love, and the little saint of great mercy. All right, ladies and gentlemen, as we are nearing the road of the relic reveal, we are coming close to everything that we've been working this whole time for, to have all 27 relics, 26 of saints. Eh? I want to remind us all that at the end of this winter apocalypse that we just suffered through, I hope you're safe. I hope you're warm. But man, this is kicking off to be even lentier than last Lent by a huge margin, right? You got some sprinkled ashes, got a lot of sorrow and some busted pipes. But brothers and sisters, we will be back. We will keep going forward. This is not the end. Let's take an example of the bold life of Maria Goretti, someone who lived a small life in the eyes of the world, but the love that she had knew no boundaries. So that's what we can do as we continue this road to the Our Lady of the Angels Chapel. God bless you all.